Welcome to Dudes All Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing <laughs> 1994's The Shawshank Redemption, directed by Frank Darabont, starring Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? I checked out um, I Am Not Your Negro. Oh, good. The documentary? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about, uh, it, it's not like, like James Baldwin's life story, but it, it talks about him and his, like, he was supposed to uh, write, uh, he was supposed to do a project where he wrote about his his dealings with uh, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, and Medgar Evers, mm-hmm. and he ended up not finishing it, but this was his, like, uh, the, the narration, which is done by Samuel Jackson, is, like, his his answer for why he didn't do it, and he also just talks about, you know, like, he, he still does talk about what he did with them. And then there's a lot of archival footage, both of him and just like civil unrest. And it's really excellent and everybody should see it. Yeah, I've heard good things. Yeah. It, it was up for the Oscar. I don't remember if it won it or not. It definitely, it probably should have if it didn't win. Okay. Because it's it's an excellent movie. Yeah, I, I want to see it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Dave, I'm now more official. Oh. Because I watched 1950s Rashomon from Akira Kurosawa. That's So now deep. I've got Psycho and Rashomon <laughs> under my belt. I'm wow. officially the movie king. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, it was a great movie, dude. It's about, um, you know, it's a, a story of, like, uh, a murder and rape told from varying perspectives. Mm-hmm. And each person telling the tale is... Uh, it's completely different, basically, yes. from the other person's. Yes. Uh, it's it's a really good movie about how humans behave and mm-hmm. think and uh, truth and <laughs> things like that. Right. Um, it's very awesome. It looks great. There's a reason it's a classic. Absolutely. So, yeah, Rashomon was great, so mm-hmm. I recommend that to everybody. Uh, we asked the fans what they've been watching, and on Facebook, Robert and Erica both saw Wonder Woman. Yeah. They say it's fantastic. And I've heard nothing but great things, and I, I had a feeling that like Wonder Woman would be the thing that everybody went to go see this last week. Yep, that's what we got. Yep. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know if I will. I'm I mean, still kind of like, I don't know. I, a couple, uh, some some couple months ago, I, I, I remember I saw Batman versus Superman, and I was like, okay, enough comic book movies. Right, but yeah. I mean, like... Right when I give up, all of a sudden, like they, they just decide, okay, we're going to make what's supposed to be the best one they've made uh-huh. so far. So it's like, okay, I guess I'll return. Well, and you praised uh, Wonder Woman in that movie and I said did. it was the best part. It was, she was. <laughs> Gal Gadot was definitely the best part of the movie. So, yeah, good. That's good. Yeah. Um, we're going to do a question of the week. We mm-hmm. usually do this at the end, but we yeah. decide to push this to the beginning to speed up the ending process. Exactly. Everyone just wants us to shut up. <laughs> so... Um, this is our responses from last week. It was, uh, what's your favorite non-Back to the Future Michael J. Fox movie? We got a lot of responses here, so I'll try to be quick. Mm-hmm. Um, on Instagram, Whipplesauce said he forgot the name, but he's a stock trader in the movie. Do you know what that is? <laughs> I think it's the secret of my success. <laughs> I think it's the secret of my success. I'm pretty sure that's what it and was. And Ma- Metal, they chimed in last week. Casualties of War. That's I'm, a good one right I'm there. I'm so glad someone picked Casualties of War. I think it might be his best performance, actually. Yeah, it's it's definitely the most um, well, like the dramatic best dramatic wise, role yeah. that he's got. Yeah. Um, and Teen Wolf. Yeah, yep. everybody mm-hmm. says Teen Wolf. Right. On Facebook, we got a lot of Teen Wolf. Mm-hmm. Doc Hollywood, something yeah. Gab- Gabriel said. Gabriel brought up Doc Hollywood, mm-hmm. which I'm glad about because it brought back so many video <laughs> store memories for me, and it was like, yes. Right, and yeah. uh, more Teen Wolf. We got the Frighteners from a few people. Uh-huh. Um, Life with Mikey. Yep. I haven't seen that one. Um, <laughs> the Hard Way. 
and Homeward Bound popped yeah. up. Homeward Bound, <laughs> that was I, I was just it was it was unexpected when that one came out because it was like, oh yeah, that's right, he plays an animal in a movie. That's right, he's that a bulldog. Yeah, we had a discussion on Facebook about which dog he was, <laughs> and um, so whoever whoever submitted that one, I can't remember. I, his name was Scott, I think. Yes, he did some research. He was the bulldog. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you're gonna have to stick around till the end of the episode to get next week's question of the week, though. Right. So uh, stay around. Now, Please do. Dave, let's talk about this week's movie, The Shawshank Redemption. Why don't you give everyone a synopsis? Okay. Um, so this is based on the Stephen King um, short story or novella, uh, Rita, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. And it's about a guy who goes to prison uh, serving two consecutive life sentences. He's a normal guy, kind of a banker. And um, he, when he goes in there, he's he's not really cut out for prison life, um, as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, he has not had any criminal past. And it's tough for him at first, but then he decides to use his skills, um, like, like use what he what he knows, which is you know he has like great financial acumen mm-hmm. to start getting favors in the prison, and he also befriends a man named Red, who is a career prisoner, pretty much. He's just been in been in prison his entire life, yeah. Um, and he's a very well respected guy, uh, probably the most respected man in the prison. Um, and then there's uh, a lot of corruption in high places yeah. that, that that Red and Andy um, uncover, and that is what we will talk about. Yeah, the Shawshank Redemption from 1994, man. Right off the bat, this is one of my favorite movies. Yep. I don't know how you feel about it, Dave. I imagine you like it. I, I really okay. love it. Okay, yeah. cool, yeah. cool. Because sometimes I like shit, and you're like, I don't know, man. <laughs> so I was worried about this one. We, we, we've, we've never actually discussed this movie together. I know, we never have. It's, Which it's is so strange, yeah. I know. It never came up in any conversation <laughs> on or off air. We could quote Karate Kid back and forth, but not this one. We could recite that entire movie <laughs> and Back to the Future, and this one never came up. I don't know. Yeah. Because uh, it's great. Yeah. Um. Andy Dufresne is Tim Robbins, and like you said, he's the banker. Um, he's he's a fish out of water in prison. Completely, like he has nothing to do there. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, you know, he's there wrongfully. Yes, like he was wrongfully his accused. His wife is murdered, and he's accused of it. Yes, and it, the the movie opens with the murder of his wife, and it doesn't show him doing it, but it doesn't it doesn't show him not doing it? Right. But he's claiming to be innocent. Mm-hmm. Um, and later in the movie, you find out he is innocent. But he is not suited for prison. Right. And somehow he makes it through here using his advanced intellect. Right. He, he's able to, at being an educated person, he's able to, um, like, like for, it takes a couple years for that kind of guy to actually, like, you know, accommodate, you know, like, to fully assimilate into prison life. But once once they do, then they're, because they have, um, I guess, they, they've had more privileges and more opportunities in life, they're yeah. able to then, like, maybe sometimes share that with other people. And, and that's what, what starts to get them favors. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, you see he doesn't fit in. Yeah, they they do a good job at this because, well, they they the fresh fish come on the on the bus. Yep, and everyone places bets on him who's gonna cry first. Mm-hmm. And Andy doesn't do that as you know Morgan Freeman expects. You're right. But uh, the the guy they call fat ass ends up getting beaten. Uh-huh. Or, well, he gets he starts crying and unfortunately gets his ass kicked by Clancy Brown. Gets killed. Yeah, he gets murdered. Just gets murdered um, in cold blood by the by the head guard. And the next scene when they're all at the lunch table. You know, collecting their bets from the night before. Andy asks what his name was. Yes. And William Sadler gives him shit. Like, who the fuck cares? Right. But, like, no one in the prison cares who this guy was. Right. But Andy wants to know. Like, that guy's a person, man. It, because Andy's a person. Yeah. Like, he, he has not yet been broken by the prison system. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because it's his second day in there, he wants to know who this person was, who this human being whose life is lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but William Sadler, God only knows how long he's been in there. Yeah. Um, he's like Red. Um, he 
you know, like like Red, unlike a lot of the other people in there, has not lost his humanity yet. Right. Um, but and William Sadler is kind of revealed to be a, a better guy than we think. But at the same time, he 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 has no he doesn't have like um, any couth about about what just happened. He was right. taking bets and he didn't feel bad about it. And that's the way it goes. Yep. And he I love the scene when he collects his bets. I just it's one of my favorite moments. He sits down and he's like, all right, boys, yep. give me the cigarettes. Yep. And he leans down and just sniffs the pile of cigarettes. <laughs> right. And he looks up and goes, yes. <laughs> and his eyes are just like. Oh fucking right! I got some <laughs> cigarettes. Crazy. Like yeah, yes, it, yes. I love that little moment, man. <laughs> it's good. Sadler's great in the movie. I know. Every, William Sadler's cool. The whole cast is really good in the movie. I know. Um, so yeah, and and you know, it, it kind of goes on like that. I mean, like the you know the the first part of the movie is is definitely mostly uh, Andy Dufresne. You know, like like figuring out what prison is. Um, because you know, yeah. you, you, you think to yourself, okay, so, so I'm in prison now, I'm going to be behind bars. Well, it's, it's so much more complicated than that because not only do you have to adjust to a completely new life where people are telling you what to do and treating you like a child, well, right. treating you like an abused child pretty much. Um, now you also have to, to figure out a way to, uh, I guess, you know, make sure that you don't get killed or just, you know, abused every day of your life by, uh, other harder prisoners. Right. And um, the whole thing with the sisters, you know, yeah. Boggs, yeah. Uh, Boggs Diamond. Is that um, his name? Yes. Oh, I never yeah. knew his last name was yeah. Diamond. I, I had to look it up. <laughs> I don't think he say it in the movie, but yeah, it's That's Boggs Diamond. Good. He uh, heads a gang called the Sisters, which is just a gang of prison rapists. Mm-hmm. Um, the way this movie treats prison rape is... Like it, it's it's as good as I've ever seen it. I agree. You know. Yeah. They treat it with the gravity and the seriousness that it deserves. Right. Um. No one ever makes any jokes about you know anything like you know there's, like there's no gay jokes. There's no gay jokes at all mm-hmm. because they there's they, no they butt know. rape jokes. No. I mean it's a in house party. Ex- you know they don't oh rap God. about it. I, I I forgot all about house party. <laughs> right. Kid does not do a rap about about Andy Dufresne getting his. Right. Um, they, they're, they're treating it like, like what it is, which is not even about sex. It's about power. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you're, you're, you're exerting, um, you know, force over someone else because you can. Right. And then the, the first scene when Andy gets assaulted by the sisters, the camera does a great move. It just kind of pans back out around the corner yeah. while it's happening. Right. While it's about to happen. Right. And Morgan Freeman's voiceover, this world famous voiceover from this movie. <laughs> it's where it all started. I know. Probably. This is yeah. where it started. Yeah. And um, he says, I wish I could tell you Andy fought the good fight, but uh, prison's no joke or yes. something. Prison's no fairy tale. Right. And it, it treats it with the gravity it deserves, like you said. Yes. And it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't exploit it. it nope. It's very tasteful. Mm-hmm. And it's shocking. Like, they treat it how it should be treated. Right. They attempt to rape him in the projection booth a little later on in the movie. Yes. And that scene is, it's a very terrifying scene because... Either they're gonna do something to him, and you know what they're gonna do, mm-hmm. and like they, like we said, it's not about being gay. No. It's about power. No, no one wants to be forced to do things they don't want to do, and that's what's scary about it. Of course. And then, I love Andy's response to him. Andy's so like defiant, I guess. Right. And he's like, you know, if you stick that in my ear, I'm gonna bite down on you. And he says something very like textbook about it. Yeah. And Boggs says, well, "Where do you get this shit?" And he goes, "I read it." You can read, you ignorant fuck, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. And at that point, if you've done, if you've gone through this, because at this by this by then, Andy has been like in for about two years, and the sisters have got him every. Yeah, it's every been day. going on. Yeah. Um, but by by then, I mean, you, you know that you can't 
defend yourself against five people. Yeah. But um, may- maybe the only thing you can do now is insult them into killing you. Yeah. Well, maybe he'd rather have that happen sure. than to go through this again. That's right. Um, I don't know what prison's like, but I'm sure you don't want to be in these situations, man. I, I can't imagine uh, you know, either avoiding or getting assaulted every day of my life. Right. And not knowing when it's coming, and then no one doing anything to help you. Right. And and so after this happens, they just beat him within an inch of his life. They don't rape him. Right. But after this, it shows Clancy Brown gets some kind of vengeance for Andy yeah. in a way. Yeah. And I think I don't think you see any kind of like favoritism towards Andy yet. Is this after the beers on the roof scene? Or is I th- this beforehand? Um, I, I I can't remember. I've I can't remember now. Times. I know. Yeah. It, it, it must have been after the beers because uh-huh. I, I I think the reason Clancy Brown does this is because of. Um, he could be on orders from the warden. Like maybe That's the true. warden knows about this tax shelter that he's set up for Clancy Brown. Uh-huh. And maybe he knows automatically, like he knows right then that he can maybe use Andy's talents for, you know, money laundering later on. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's not, um, you know, let, let's make sure that this prize inmate is not harmed anymore. So Clancy Brown, do what you instinctively want to do to yeah. everybody in the world, <laughs> right. um, which is to break people in half. Oh. And it's a good scene because Boggs walks in. Boggs gets in the hole. Mm-hmm. And I think they let him out a little bit early. Yeah. He's like, okay, I'll get out. And he walks back to his cell. And then he pulls the light switch on. And Clancy Brown's right there in the shadows. <laughs> it's a great reveal. And you know what Clancy Brown's capable of already. <laughs> he killed a man on this first night in prison. without a. He didn't even think about it. You just uttered the most terrifying sentence I've ever heard, which is Clancy Brown is waiting for you in the shadows. That's pretty bad. I isn't mean, it? good lord! I, I, I can't. The, the man is gigantic, and he lives for killing people. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all he thinks about. I'm not. I hope I don't, I'm not impugning the man himself, but the right, character, the character in Shawshank, yeah. and most of the characters he yes, plays. I guess. In movies. Yeah, watch Highlander too. You'll, you'll, oh, yeah. you'll know what we're talking you about. Get your head cut off by Kurgan. <laughs> I think that's his name. It is Kurgan. Dude, yeah. I can't... I listen to that Queen album all the time. Oh, nice. The one with the, the Highlander songs. Of course. Yep. It's, it's brilliant. A Kind of Magic yes, is the album. That's right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so I guess it must have happened after the beers, because why yeah. else would he do this? Right. And this goes into the further corruption of the prison that you mm-hmm. don't even know about till halfway through the movie, yes. basically. Um, the warden... Uh, who plays the warden? It's... um. Uh, the, Shit. Yeah, I should know this too. Bob um, Gunton. Bob Gunton, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's a character actor from way back. He's great. Right. But uh, he plays um, Norton, mm-hmm. the warden, and this guy is corrupt as can be. Right. You don't see it at the beginning. You just see Andy kind of adapting to prison, and you see the, the warden a little bit. He's supposed to be, you know, a man of God and yeah. uh, respect, you know, put your faith in the Bible and I'll treat you right, uh-huh. you know, as long as you treat me right. Yeah. Which you learn later is you really got to treat him right. Uh-huh. Because if you're not, he's going to do whatever he wants to you. He 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 is um like like typical of just like institutional power. Yeah. Um especially institutional power over those who are defenseless. Um he he's pretty much running his own very small world. Uh-huh. You know, out yeah. in this, you know, in in this prison. I mean, who, you know, his Well, he controls everything that happens in this world. Of course. He is God. He, he is. He he unchecked power. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have people killed if you want. Um, mm-hmm. and and when 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 we're first introduced to him, like you said, he he is he is like you know 
presenting himself as a man of God, but we know, of course, just like Richard III, he's only pretending to be mm-hmm, religious. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's all over his face. Anyone who is clutching a Bible and is um, like like has a, a little cross on their lapel, and, right? And meanwhile, just did not chastise Clancy Brown for hitting someone in the stomach. Yeah, well, you know right away this guy's a fraud. Because right at the beginning, he says any questions, and then one of the prisoners who just arrived says, "When do we eat?" Uh-huh. Says it kind of a little indignant, but sure. whatever. Clancy Brown walks up to him. Tells him that he they do whatever they tell him to do, and then hits him in the stomach, and the guy's <laughs> on the ground, and the warden's just like, okay. And the warden, warden doesn't blink. The, oh God, I, I I hate him so much, <laughs> and and like because he's 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 worse than anybody else in the in this thing because he, he can't do his own bidding. Um, he can't commit these violent acts on him, you know, for himself. So he right. gets someone who is lower than him to do so. I, I would love to see what the governor thinks of, of, of this man who he put in charge of this prison. Yeah, I wonder. You know? I mean, good Lord. I, it, this is on him, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he appointed the guy. Right. Yeah, this is... Oh, yeah, it's, I hate It's him. terrible. It's a great character. He, you I hate know, this guy, and when he gets his comeuppance, you, you just can't not cheer about it. it. It's so satisfying. And when Clancy Brown gets his... <laughs> Oh my God, it's so good. Especially when Red tells us in the narration that Clancy Brown broke down and cried. Right, and I'm we're talking about this. I'm I'm assuming everyone has seen this. If, yeah. Everyone listening, hopefully you've seen this movie. I always assume everybody's we, seen it. Yeah, yeah, we might be, you know, not telling you all you need to know if you haven't seen it. Uh-huh. But just go watch it then. Of course, this is a great movie. Yeah, but yeah, like the the end of the movie when they get he gets his comeuppance because Andy finally reveals what's mm-hmm. g- been going on after yeah. he breaks out. Yeah, and. Uh, he, he when he pulls out that gun and loads it with the bullets, you don't know. Okay, is he gonna go go down firing, right? Or or is he gonna kill himself? He ultimately kills himself, and that it's a great shot of him putting the gun right up to his chin, and you see the bullet go out the window with blood. Uh huh. And then he's just laying there as the camera just kind of slowly backs away. Right. It's amazing. It's it good is. stuff. And we're gonna have to talk about the cinematography about the movie like in this of movie course, it's amazing yeah, yeah. Uh, um Roger Deakins doing his thing he's the Cone yeah, brothers I mean, main guy yep. and, and now he's working for Frank Darabont yeah I mean yep. he, he is he he knows what you want to see mm-hmm. and he knows how to he knows what color palette to use Ugh. um I mean like it's 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 all you, you'd think that in a prison movie it's gonna be all blacks and grays and and you know it's gonna be kind of um yeah, maybe a little difficult to to a little dense to look through. Right. Not this. I mean, like like he, he knows exactly what colors to splash on those blacks and grays when necessary. Yep. Everything looks real and alive, kind of. Even the cells, like yes, they're interesting. They are. You're right. It, it's 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 a it's a great visual feast for you to look at, mm-hmm. and it's just a prison yard. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is his camera movements, mm-hmm. the way it just kind of is slowly moving around yes. almost all the time. Yes. It's not. I'm sure there's a lot of scenes where it's just like a two shot or whatever or a steady shot, but like it always seems to be moving around like corners and coming over the buildings and right. things like that. Right. And it just sets this like kind of moody atmosphere. Yeah. Like it's 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 not safe, but it's beautiful in its own way. It's weird. You're right. It's strange and enticing. Yet it, it's a scary place to be. Oh, the well said. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. And and I mean, like knowing when to use Dutch angles too. I mean, my God, every mm-hmm. time someone's in the hole, um, and mm-hmm. the door opens and Clancy <laughs> Brown or Bob Gunton walks in, you, you just you know you're you're looking up at them and and it's a it's a terrifying moment because you are that inmate who is now a child, um, at the mercy of of people who they they can't defend themselves against. Yeah. Um, what what do you think about uh, Morgan Freeman? He's pretty good. 
<laughs> Morgan Freeman is one of the best actors who's ever been who to ever come out of the this country. Yeah. Um, and to see him finally get a lead role and some recognition. Um, because before this, he, he, he had gotten, he, he had been doing a lot of stuff, yeah. but it'd been very workmanlike. Mm-hmm. Um, in this one, he is, the, he is the, the, the main character, one of the two main characters of one of the greatest movies of its decade. Definitely. And throughout the, one of the, um, the, the, the running, um, themes throughout the movie is, is red continually being rejected by the parole board. Yeah. Um, it happens like every 10 years yeah. he has to go in there and he, and he, he, the first two times he does it, he's doing, um, what he, he tells them what he thinks they want to hear. Yeah. Um, t- saying he's completely rehabilitated, um, and he's not a danger to society. So the third time he goes in there, what Morgan does in this scene is, uh, I mean, like no one has given this kind of a speech. Few people yeah. have been, have been it's giving good. these kind this, this beautiful word. It's probably the greatest thing Stephen King ever wrote. Do you, did he you know, write this dialogue? Uh, no, I, I mean it's 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 probably in the short story. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's it's it says everything that you want to say about like the institution of prison in America, right? And 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 like how what a joke rehabilitation is because there's no attempt to rehabilitate anyone. Mm-hmm. Anyone who is rehabilitated does so of their own will, right? Like Red does. And even those first two times you see him be rejected, mm-hmm. he's saying what he wants them. What he thinks they want to hear, you know? Yes. And even if he believes it, I mean, it just sounds like he's just saying exactly. what they want to hear. Right. You know? Right. And then the third time when he says, basically, like, that kid that did this crime, mm-hmm. that ain't me. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I just don't give a shit. So wear your suit and tie to make you feel important or whatever he's saying. You so know? you can have a job. Yeah, yeah. Like, ugh. it's great. Because what, 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 what right does this... You know, Morgan calls him a kid because he's 60 years old. Mm-hmm. The, the kid is about 27. Honestly, what right, what what what, uh, what business does this person have to sit in judgment of someone who is in Morgan Freeman's position at this time? Right, and who he knows nothing about, ha- and he knows nothing about the case. Of he course. maybe has a file in his hand right. that he's read over, uh, a summary of what had happened. Do you have a summary of the next 40 years of this man's life? No, uh, you don't. No, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> Morgan Freeman is right to tell this guy to fuck off. Yep. And, and you know, I don't care whether you let me out or not. And he means it. Mm-hmm. When, when you get to that point, like, as a prisoner, I think, where, where, where you literally, um, like, just, you, you can't be bothered to even think about, you know, what, my, what your fate is. Yeah. You know, in his case, he gets let out. Uh, but in many cases, a lot of people just go and die. Yeah, you know, because because what what else is there? My life is completely meaningless. Yep. Um. No matter how, no matter what good I do behind these walls. Yeah, and that's what he's talking about throughout the whole movie. Basically, is being institutionalized. Mm-hmm. Like in the prison, he is somebody. Yes. And you know, he's been there so long. Yes. This is his home, man. If he gets let out, what's he gonna do? He's gonna sit in some boarding house and do nothing. Right. Be nobody. Um, bag groceries? Yeah, bag groceries. And yeah. they do a great job of pointing it out with Brooks's character. Yeah. Um, I forget who James played. Whitmore. Yeah, he plays Brooks, this old timer. Mm-hmm. He went in like 1905, yeah. I think he says. And he's in there, who knows, 40 years? It's and, it's it's almost 50 years. And they, they're going to let him out. And he doesn't want to get let out so badly because he doesn't know what he's going to do. He holds so w- he tries to, he attempts to kill William Sadler yes. because then they'll make him stay. Because what's the, what's a life sentence to this guy? Nothing. 
I mean, the first time you see this and he, he's got William Sadler at knife point, you, you're, you're wondering, you immediately, of course, just like the inmates do, what did William Sadler do to this guy? Right. Um, and when it's <laughs> revealed that he did nothing, you know, mm-hmm. that, that for once William Sadler's hands are clean, uh, you know, <laughs> that it's just, yeah. he, he, Brooks was told he's being let out of prison and, and he can't process it. Mm-mm. I'm going to kill this other person so that I can stay. And this whole, the whole like little side story of Brooks leaving the prison. Yeah. It's so well done. It's its own short it, it's film. It's so good. I and know. I feel like it's so important to the rest of the story to yes. show like this, this is life for, this is what everyone's life will be once they're out of this place. Yep. I mean, if they're in there that long. Right. And look how sad it is. I know. This guy doesn't know what to do with himself. He's bagging groceries and getting yelled at by some manager. And Brooks is doing the voiceover here. Saying, you know, I just, sometimes I just want to get a gun and rob the grocery store. Maybe they'll send me back to see the fellas. <laughs> and he's fe- he's feeding the birds at the park, and he's saying, I just hope one time Jake will come, but he never does because he's raised that bird in the yep. prison as a pet, and right. he lets him. It's so sad it's to see what has happened to this dude. I know. It made me. It makes me think of um, like I, I was a, a a fan of of the Paradise Lost films, you know, the, mm-hmm. the documentaries, and um, then I, uh, I I read Damien Eccles' memoirs, you know, a couple years ago too. Uh, so Damien Eccles, Jason Baldwin, and Jesse Miss Kelly. I, I it made when I was watching it for when I watched rewatching Shawshank Redemption, I was thinking mm-hmm. of those guys, uh, and and okay, it's triumphant when they get out of prison. Right, they were Brooks, and they were Red for the first, you know, like year of their life. I mean, because right. they 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 didn't know that they were in there over half of their lives. You don't know what to do with so yourself. What do you do? Times change so fast. Yes, and they point that out with Brooks too. He even says, "I saw an auto automobile once when I was a kid." <laughs> And now the world's in a big hurry. He's almost getting hit by cars and shit. He doesn't know what the world is anymore. If he was thrown into prison in 1905 and now it's 1957, yeah. I mean, that's a jarring change. That's a change. big jump, dude. Yes. That's a huge jump. I mean, the, the world looks nothing like what it did before. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> it does. <laughs> right. Um. So there, there's a theme of hope also in the movie. Yeah. Because like, Andy is the the sign of hope he he's always being hopeful and right. trying to look on the bright side i guess uh-huh. and red saying you know hope's a dangerous thing in a place like this you know because you can't do anything about it right you can't be hopeful that's dangerous and there's no reason to do it and torment yourself absolutely um i don't know if i agree with that like i think you should hope like i don't know if, if it makes you feel better mm-hmm. do it well don't um... hope don't be hopeless like i don't know <laughs> Except you can accept it, but don't just give it up. You know, like like he talks about the music. Like he has Mozart in his heart. Yeah, like, yeah. That's and right. Red's like saying, "No, fuck that. <laughs> you, that's don't think about what's going on out there." Right. Right. I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I I, I tend to be more like Red. Okay. Um, and and I I know what you mean about like not giving up hope because that then then that could lead to you're just giving up on life. Uh huh. But I I feel like like hope and just desire for anything kind of, especially when you know that it's not coming for you, it kind of just leads to more heartache and sadness for you. Okay. Um. So, I I I wonder if I was ever serving a life sentence, I might lose hope very quickly. Yeah. Maybe. You know? I guess it depends what you're hoping for, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Because hope can be a lot of different things. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And I guess the way Andy mentions it is that, you know, we can't forget about the world. 
we can't just make this our yeah, life. Right, right. Which th- in a prison that could be pretty dangerous. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, like these are they are serving life sentences. All these people. Right. So that is a bad thing if you can't handle it. I know because I mean, like, like every if if you were serving life without possibility of parole, um, I mean, wh- what are you clinging to? Yeah. Like, like what is what 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 does your life even mean anymore? I mean, even if you completely uh, like lose any all of all criminality, I mean, like 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 what good can you do to the world? I mean, other than like, you know, kind of people on the outside knowing who you are and and maybe they hear about your 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 charities and and, and Mm -hmm. your, your good deeds. I mean, that's meaningful. But in the end, I mean, like, you have to go back to this cell at at nine o'clock every night and you don't get to read anymore and lights out. Yeah. Uh, And you have to eat, you know, what everyone throws away, Mm -hmm. you know, in the in the regular community. I mean, it's I I I really hate prison. I I, I really I I, I hate I hate just the 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 prison system and I, I hate the idea of prison and I fear very much ever going there. Because I, I know I wouldn't make That's it. That's the last place I want to go, dude. Oh, absolutely. I don't want to go to prison. No. <laughs> That's why I obey every law in the world. <laughs> Me too, Not man. just the United States. <laughs> yes. yes, I've got the U.S. <laughs> goddamn world. Right, exactly, dude. <laughs> um, so there's hope, and like there's also the get busy living, get busy dying stuff. Yes. Like, which I guess saying that, um, this is after Andy's been kind of broken by mm-hmm. the warden, been right. thrown in the hole because he realizes he has a chance to prove his innocence mm-hmm. and the warden's not going to let it happen. Right. And he takes extreme measures to not let it happen. And then once Andy gets out of the hole after two months, he, he has to get busy living, get busy dying speech. Mm-hmm. It's like, are you going to be complacent or are you going to try to change things? Yes. And I mean, he, he has this hole dug already. So I guess he's like, <laughs> when he says the speech, he has an option. Uh-huh. So it's well, I not mean, just no. He he he's not he's not talking out of his ass. Right. I yeah. Mean, like when he makes this speech to Red, it's it's out of character for him, and Red is reacting as such. It is. Yeah. And we don't know about his hole yet no. to escape. No one does except Andy. Yeah. And and Rita. You know, Rita and Hayward. Rita uh, and Rita and, and Raquel, Raquel Welsh, exactly yeah. and Marilyn. <laughs> they all know. Uh, they all knew. Um. But uh. So. I mean, yeah, the, you know, we we mentioned it briefly before, but like, you know, when when and when it's when it comes out that Andy was innocent, it's because this this other inmate had come into the prison who 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 um, had had someone else in another prison tell him about a golf pro and a woman who had been murdered. Mm-hmm. And the guy who murdered them pinned it on the woman's husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and when when Andy goes to the warden with this story, the warden, you know, squashes it yeah um and he has this this kid who came in and told this story murdered by clancy brown yeah um and when he's let out of the hole uh and he is and he realizes there's no hope um whatever whatever work he was doing whatever humanitarian efforts he he had he had done he had accomplished bit with all of his letter writing yeah um you know getting funds for the prison to, to make the library better right uh, helping people get their diplomas mm-hmm. that is when hope turns now to like self-preservation yeah and i think that that's more what he's getting at when he talks to red and makes that speech Mm -hmm. uh to about get busy living instead instead of get busy dying yeah well the only way to get busy living is to get the fuck out of this prison yep um because that's the only way they're ever gonna like have any happiness i mean him and red love one another and they could probably just die in that prison together yeah but that's still not really living no matter how great of friends they are not at all and andy 
he he is such a patient dude. Like, because <laughs> he's been digging this hole for 19 years. He's been tunneling out of the prison for 19 years. And hasn't said a word to anybody. Yes. Uh, Not a single person. Red got him the rock hammer. Um, and it, it's a little... I mean, if you've never seen a rock hammer, imagine just a regular hammer, but like shrunk down yeah, to... It's you like know, a like tiny one, little pickaxe. One eighth the yeah. size, yeah. <laughs> um, and Andy just accidentally when he was carving his name into the into the wall just you know realized that that he could you know over a period of decades you know plow through plow it. through it um and when he realizes that and, and okay look i guess we can just now talk about andy's andy's escape uh-huh because it's here's here's why it's the best i mean here's why it's probably the best prison escape um, in movie history probably uh-huh. in literary literary history too other than the count of monte cristo uh-huh. um is the, it happens, and we don't know it happened. Yeah, like the the we know Andy escaped, mm-hmm. and we we know he's out on the other side, and then they tell us how it actually happened. So mm-hmm. so like watching it all go down, like the, the the drama and the the visceral nature of a prison break. Yeah, the excitement or yes. whatever. Yeah, we get to just be entertained by it because we know Andy actually got out. Right, because they go they go back to their cells at night, and Red is expecting Andy to kill himself because he just said he's going to get busy living or dying. That's right. And he has a six foot length of rope that he just got. Yep. So you know, and Red says it's the longest night of my life. It's a great line oh, and a great yeah. fade while the thunderstorm's happening. Of course. And then it cuts to the morning, and Andy doesn't come out for count. <laughs> and you're like, well, shit, uh-huh. Andy's dead. Right. Because they don't even like you said, we don't even know. He has a hole dug nope. at this point. Right. So they go in there and he's gone. He is completely gone. Yeah. So you don't know what happened. <laughs> Nobody knows what happened until the warden starts throwing these little stones around saying it's a conspiracy and he throws one at Raquel Welch's poster and it goes right through it and just bounces down a cavern yep. and you hear the echo. Yeah. On a first watch. How big of a reveal is this? It it's was like, a what <gasps> the what the heck? It's an it's an audible gasp from you. Yeah, where, where, where you go no, and the warden no. puts his finger through the hole and pushes, and his whole arm goes through the poster. Yes, and he just pulls it off, and the camera is in the hole, looking out of it, and the warden's looking in like, oh my god, and the camera just kind of sneaks back down the hole a little right. and shows how long this hole is. Right, it's wonderful, and then Morgan Freeman starts talking about. How Andy escaped, and it shows the escape. It is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what Red knows about the escape is, uh, you know, of course, what he tells us, and you know that of uh, all, also like what Andy had to go through. Yeah. Um, so Andy digs this long tunnel, and what it comes out on the other side of is like like sort of the ductwork of the prison, and there's a sewage pipe mm-hmm. that it leads to. So Andy, during this thunderstorm has to break open this sewer pipe with a with a piece of with another piece of rock that he has mm-hmm. and he has to time his blows to the to the pipe with the thunder so mm-hmm. that so that no one can hear him. Yeah. Then he gets into the sewage pipe and Red has that great speech about, you know, yep. how Andy Dufresne crawled through 500 yards of shit-smelling foulness. Mm-hmm. And you see him come out of the other side and then you're wondering to yourself still, okay, well I I know Andy got out but but I mean he's He's going to be walking around in prison, you know, issue. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, and we all, every time we drive by a prison, it's always telling us not to pick up hitchhikers. Yep. What the hell did he do? Well, we know what he did. He had that little bag with him. It was a yep. plastic bag that had a 
spare suit in it that he stole from the warden, put on under his prison issue, right. went right back into his cell with the warden never knowing. Yep. And throughout this whole money laundering scheme that he was doing for the warden, he was actually setting it up in a, uh, a fake account with someone who didn't exist. Yep. So Andy shows up as this fake person and closes the accounts and gets the money. Because he has legitimate documents. Right. Like, he has for this all person. the paperwork. Yeah. And then he leaves the country and he sends the paper evidence of the corruption at Shawshank Prison. It's such a great ending. Yes. To the, the story of Andy's prison life and to the warden. <laughs> it is such, it's so cathartic to I know. see this happen. It is. Because for, for, from from the time we, we know Andy got out, there is almost no, other than like, as far as Andy's story goes, there is no more, you know, like bridges to cross. It's all triumphant from here. Yeah. And w- we know that everyone is going to get what they deserved. And the, the, the thing that Andy pulls off is, is a, it's it not only is the perfect crime, it's the crime that we all dream that we would ever be able to commit if we were to commit a crime. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, how can I do a crime with absolutely no loose ends <laughs> and everybody, every evil person I know gets what's coming to them? Yeah, it's I, perfect. I, I guess you'd need 19 years to come up with such a scheme. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> He's smart. He's not an average prisoner. That's true. And he even says to Red, like, on the outside, I was an honest man. I had to go to prison to become a crook. <laughs> yes, no doubt. It's great. Because, <laughs> of course, because, again, the institutionalized nature of prison makes you worse than when you get, when you went in. Mm-hmm. And yet Andy is doing it not because he wants to. It's because he's being forced to. Yes. And he turns it around on him mm-hmm. and makes himself benefit from it. It's great. Why not? Yeah. It, it's... <laughs> I think Red calls it severance pay. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's the perfect word for that. Exactly. Um, and the move. Okay, so the movie's like two and a half hours or something like that. Yeah. It's a long movie, uh-huh. but it doesn't feel long. It flies by. I, ever since I was a kid, my brothers and I like always would say like, "You turn this movie on, and you you just can't stop watching it. Mm-hmm. Like you just you can't you don't fall asleep to it. You can't." <laughs> Like you're engaged constantly, yeah. It you, all the time, and I think it's because like they don't really set up a lot of stuff to be resolved in the future. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what happens in this scene leads directly into what's happening next. I was thinking about that. So last it's night. just like mm-hmm. it's like you're on a leash going through this you're thing. Right. It's not like like you're like, well, I can't wait to find out what happens with that guy. Uh huh. Yeah. No, it's not like that. No, it's it, it's just day to day, like prison almost. Yeah, yeah, just you know? like prison. <laughs> Um, and I, I think that's why the movie is so engrossing. Yeah. It, it just drags you along bit by bit. Right. Here's another breadcrumb. Come with me. Of course. Um, and you'll see what happens. <laughs> Don't think about it. Just experience this story yeah. as it's happening. Yeah. Um, and, and it doesn't leave a lot of loose ends or anything like that. It just really gets you through this. Right. And in a great way. In, in the best of all possible ways, because like you said about something being cathartic, I mean, like the the... The, the catharsis of this movie is not about, you know, um, everyone getting what they want. It's about everyone getting what they deserve, the prisoners included. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Red gets paroled and mm-hmm. Andy escapes. Yep. Um, Red has deserved to be paroled for, you know, many years. Yeah. Um, and he he doesn't actually, it doesn't get what he has deserved until he doesn't care anymore. Right. Um, yep. And and when he does get out, kind of the second part of Andy's uh you know, both his his money laundering scheme, his escape, and then the third kind of uh, you know triad, uh, third part of that triangle is is helping Red. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and but after he makes the, the the speech in the prison yard about get busy living or get busy dying, the last thing he says to Red is, you know, if you get out of here, you go to uh, Buxton, Maine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look for a hay field. You go along this rock wall, and you find a rock, and mm-hmm. underneath it, there's going to be something for you. Mm-hmm. And it's a a trail, a note to how to find Andy, basically. Yep. So Red follows it, and eventually it becomes Red's search for Andy and kind of like his acceptance of hope, I guess, as a good thing now. Yeah. Um, now that he's out of prison, like he's hopeful because it shows him in the doing the same things that Brooks was doing. And it's like, okay, it's beating him down as well. Right. Uh, what's he going to do? And he decides to, you know, get out of town and try to find Andy. Yeah. Um, and I know they've changed the ending of the movie. Do you know this? Um, the, no. Like the, the last scene when... It shows them walking on the beach towards each other. Uh-huh. That was added. Uh, the original ending was the bus just driving off into the distance and Red saying, I hope to see my friend again. I hope. Wait, really? So, like, that last couple seconds of them finding each other on the beach, yeah. that was added for some reason, um, which I think it's perfect. I do, Because you too. want yeah. to see this. Yeah. Um, it would have been a great ending, just the bus driving off into the distance, because Red is going to find his friend now. Um, yeah. Or he's at least hoping to find his friend. Right. But you want to see him find his friend. You want to see Red and Andy. I need the reunion in Juatanejo. Yeah. I, I need for that to happen yep. because mainly because just selfishly, I didn't like the end of Goodwill Hunting where we just see the car, you know, driving to the, you know. Yeah. I, I was I'm, like, no, I want Minnie Driver and Matt Damon to meet in UCLA. I did not like that either. Yeah. You got to see about a girl. Well, let's see the girl. Exactly. Come on, let's, let's see let's what make happens. it happen. We've yeah. come this far. Uh. Can't you have one tacked-on piece of thirty-second footage? No. On a beach. Yes. <laughs> Walking on a beach. Exactly. They're on Venice Beach. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I didn't. I didn't realize that. But yeah, that's interesting. It, it was added. I okay. think it was a good touch. I do too. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're in a movie and 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 you have earned that particular you know like thing right yeah then 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 do it definitely earned yeah this movie doesn't take things that it it wants it it gets it does everything it deserves to put in here like the movie has everything it needs yes and nothing it doesn't need and and when you see red's face when you see morgan freeman with that beautiful smile on that beach i mean like 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 you just you just start bawling yep because it's like you've lived with this guy for this long they love each other yeah they're best friends that's right like they, they are the most important person in each other's lives. Of course, and they're finally together. Let's again. see a big <laughs> hug by a boat where where where, where the where the oh, federalists yeah. can't get them. <laughs> right. Come on, it's great. Yeah. It's perfect. Yes. Um, anything else you want to talk about, Dave? Um, no. I mean, mainly <laughs> just. I mean, this is an excellent movie, of course. But like the the. I, I wanted to just say real quick about like Red's gang in the prison. Okay, yeah. The, the guys who are always with him. Um, They're it's, not like a gang gang. They're just I like a group gang, of friends. Prison, yeah. right? Yeah. It's uh, it, but it, but aside from William Sadler, um, there, there's a bunch of other guys in, yeah. in the in the crew that like you recognize from other things. One of them is Stan Grossman from Fargo. He was uh the like like which one the, is the, he? He was uh Wade Gustafson's accountant, the guy who was like you know oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Jerry goes in to like talk to Wade and Stan about about okay. the parking stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I hadn't noticed. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> um, another guy is Richie April from uh from The Sopranos. If anybody watched The Sopranos, and then weirdly another guy in the gang, um he was in the secret of my success. He was the dude who calls Cal who calls Brantley and Brantley picks up the phone and yeah. makes that big decision that that, that 
you know, like spearheads the, the scheme. Right. And, and then the script says, hey, it's about time we have people making decisions around here. <laughs> exactly. That's the guy. Yeah. What a great line. Yes. He was interred in Shawshank. <laughs> Upgrade. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and also just the, the, the prison itself is um, actually uh, a place in Ohio that you can visit. Yeah. It, you can go tour there. And yeah. apparently it's haunted. Yes, it is. Exactly. It's got ghosts in it, and, and you'll get everything you need. There's ghosts, and they film Shawshank. That's, I, all, I mean, that's all I need. I, I mean, that is a week of fun. <laughs> you know, <laughs> go. <laughs> oh, man. So would you recommend the movie? Yeah, absolutely. Everyone should see Shawshank Redemption. It's great, and, and you, you'll you'll love every, every minute of it, certainly. Yeah, I'd totally recommend it, too. I've seen this movie upwards 50 times, mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. And, it's been one of my favorite movies since the first time I've seen it. And every time I watch it, like I just said, I can't stop. <laughs> every time. I love this movie so much. And right. I think everyone should watch this. Everyone should buy this and show everybody else they know and make them watch it. It, it is, is an ownership fantastic movie. Yes. movie. Absolutely, man. Um, so, yeah, that about wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe in iTunes, rate it, and review it. Most of all, share it. That gets more dudes listening to the dudes. If you don't use iTunes, you can find us anywhere else you get a podcast or go to dudesonmovies.com and find anything you need right there. Yeah, and we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, just look for Dudes on Movies, and we have an email address, dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Right, and so use those social media outlets in the email to tell us the answer to the question of the week, Dave. What is this week's question of the week? The question of this week is, what is your favorite Stephen King adaptation? There you go. There's a lot to choose from. Yes, that's 40 years of material, everybody. <laughs> we want some answers. I think everything he's written has been adapted to the screen (laughs) right whether it should have been or not exactly (laughs) so stay tuned next week and and we'll be discussing 2007's hot fuzz directed by edgar wright and starring simon pegg so until next week i'm your dude scott i'm your dude dave and we'll see you next time 